Hello, welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op, brought to you by Cheese Fires. My name is Thomas. I'm here with my fellow cheese nerd, Veronica. Hi, Veronica. Hi, what Thomas. What are we going to talk about today? Um, I would like to touch on our talk before about dry, hard, salty aged cheeses. All right. With a more detailed talk on Pecorino Romano, which is one of my favorites. Mine too. A cheese that's always in my fridge. And, Mine too. And I want to talk about that fun story I was telling you the other day about the cheese tunnel fire in Norway. And you and you didn't believe do me. Do you that have more details? I do. I found the article. <laughs> okay. I just, I feel like I have to set this scene for people. We were having a meeting about this podcast and Veronica just threw out there, oh yeah, there was a cheese fire in a tunnel on like a highway. This truck full of cheese caught fire and it burned for several days. And yeah. I was completely flabbergasted, first of all, that it burned for several days. And second of all, like, do I need to be fireproofing my fridge right now? <laughs> no, no. But it's an entertaining article. Okay. It was a BBC article in 2013. Okay. Which is so, why I didn't remember all of the all of the details. So what happened? Um, okay, we'll go to Ye Toast Cheese Tunnel Fire first. Um, oh, sorry. I'm just diving right in. I, I feel we, like I have to know. No, we can. We can. I like your enthusiasm. It's been driving me crazy. Um, so the BBC article is Norway Goat Cheese Fire Closes Tunnel. And that was, this article was from the 22nd of January, 2013. And uh, a road tunnel in Norway has been closed by a lorry load of burning cheese. Yeah. 27 tons of caramelized brown goat cheese. A delicacy known as brunost, or yetost, what we have here at the co-op. Which is delicious. The candy of cheese. It is. Uh, Caught light as it was being driven through the... Bratley Tunnel in Teisfjord. I'm going to butcher a whole lot, a whole lot of Norwegian words. I'm going to try. Better you than me. Uh, in northern Norway last week, the fire raged for five days and smoldering toxic gases were slowing the recovery operation, officials said. The tunnel, which was said to be badly damaged, is likely to remain closed for several weeks. Oh, my goodness. We can't go in until it's safe, geologist Vigo Aronson told Norwegian broadcast, broadcaster NRK. <laughs> Police officer Vigo Berg said the high concentration of fat and sugar in the cheese made it burn almost like petrol if it gets hot enough. And oh, it's my got, goodness. It's got a little, a little basic map of Norway and... Uh, the lorry driver had noticed the fire in his trailer and abandoned it at about 300 meters, 1,000 feet from the southern entrance. No one was hurt. Good. Um, the Norwegian Public Roads Administration said it was the first time he could remember cheese catching fire on Norwegian roads. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said, I didn't know that brown cheese burned so well. <laughs> Anyway, that's the short, sweet little story. Thank you for that. I yeah. do it's something to do with the fats combined with the sugars that creates this yeah. cheese well, candle. I'm sure, being inside the tunnel in that trapped space and it insulates I the heat. So and, and there's 
the fire right. was already going. See, when I assumed that it was going to be something like, oh, the, there was a crash and the fuel from the truck started the fats and the cheese burning and no. there was some kind of accelerant. But no, this just this was spontaneously combusting cheese, which I, seems less plausible somehow. I don't know that it spontaneously combusted the cheese itself. I mean, the, the truck driver noticed the fire back in his trailer, but it yeah. could have been like... It could have had a, a more it scientific cause. could have been like cause. hot breaks. Totally. You know, but in the absence of other, like specific information denying it, I'm Thomas going with wants to spontaneous think. combustion <laughs> or potentially cheese-loving aliens. Or cheese-hating aliens, I suppose. They set it on fire. Uh, well, uh, so you probably want to know exactly what ye toast is. <laughs> I know and love it already, but I'm sure our listeners want to know exactly what ye toast is. So ye toast, you'll see at the co-op, it's that creamy, dense brown stuff that you wonder, is it actually cheese? It looks a lot like caramel. It is very caramely, and it's, that's on purpose. Um, Yatos goes by lots of names, and oh gosh. How does it get that color, Veronica? What is it? It is slow cooked down whey from the making of cow and goat milk cheeses. So Ye Toast is a combination of cow and goat milk cheese. Yeah. And when they're making making the cheese, the whey is left over, and then that gets slow cooked and reduced until the sugars that are left in the milk caramelize, and it gets that nice caramely flavor, and they just slow cook it down until it's like cheese fondue, but Ye Toast. It is completely delicious. It tastes a lot like caramel. Also like goat cheese. You can make fondue. You can do ye toast fondue if you want. That sounds great. And like dip little apple slices in it. Yeah. It's it's been made for more than 300 years. Really? By Norwegian farmers. I did not know that at all. That surprises me. Yeah. I don't know why it should surprise me. It just seemed like a more recent sort of cheese invention. Yeah. I've got... I've got paperwork on all kinds of details and the various names in the the family of cheeses because there's Brunost also, mm-hmm. which is the cheese that's actually mentioned in the article. Um, I think also known as brown cheese, Brunost. Brown cheese. Checks um, out. I think that one is just cow's milk. Mm. And there's like Etkeye toast and there's Gubranstalsost and... They're all in the same family of cheeses. I don't speak Norwegian, but I, I'm particularly impressed with your pronunciations. I don't, I've, you're, I'm I trying really hard, but I don't poorly, know if I'm saying all of these exactly I'm right. I'm impressed. If there are any Norwegian speakers out there, please write in some phonetics, <laughs> phonetic <laughs> or, pronunciations Or just call me and tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Call the co-op. Ask to speak Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. There's good brand Salsen. Float my sost. Float my sost. Prim. There's, oh, yeah. No. You could Google ye toast and learn a whole lot. But. We will definitely be covering ye toast in the future, I presume. Because that's one of, it's one of those mythical cheeses. It's sweet like caramel. It's also cheese. It goes with, it could be part of the savory portion. Or it could be your dessert portion. It's yeah. great. Little slices of it with apples or strawberries. Chocolate. Yeah. Oh, I love it with chocolate on yeah. French bread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's what it's, it's one of those, I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm still exploring that cheese and I would love to explore that in future podcasts. Yes. And we'll, we'll talk briefly after we take our little break. We're going to talk about a uh, sandwich you can make at home. That's uh, kind of a classic Norwegian combination that might surprise you, but it's really, really good. Excellent. Can't wait. All right. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op, your local member-owned and organic certified grocery store, where everyone is welcome. Now back to the cheese nerds. Okay, so you folks at home probably are wondering, okay, so we're saying this weird word, yay toast. It sounds like, yay toast! Uh, it is spelled... Make sure I get this straight. Um, G-J... That's G J. <laughs> That's G J. That's a G and a J in a yes. row. Because Norway. Yes. G J E T O S T. So it's confusing with that G J in the beginning, but it is pronounced Yetost. And it's delicious. Excellent. And that little sandwich concoction I was telling you about, which would be yes. a really great snack. And it is a really great snack. And it sounds... Please tell me about sandwiches. <laughs> it, it, it's a surprising combination. Rye bread. You could use white rye or marbled rye or dark rye, whatever. An excellent start to any sandwich. Whatever you've got. And uh, some thin slices of yay toast. And cornichon pickles sliced however thin you want them. You could leave them in their hole if you want. Um, and then cook it like a grilled cheese or smush it down grilled cheese style like a panini. Yes. Or open-faced. You could do it open-faced if you want. Just I think the first time you made it for me was open-faced. Really? Yeah, it was end cuts of rye bread from the sandwich bar and the mm -hmm. deli. Yep. And just slices of yay toast. And you, you put the pickles, the little cornichon pickles, under the yay toast to sort of hold them in place. Hmm. And I think you just stole the broiler from the cooks yeah, and, and broil it up in there. And I, I was very skeptical, I have to say. And probably some folks at home are like, okay, this cheese is sweet like caramel and goaty, and now they're throwing pickles in there. And then it's on rye bread. It's a... Yeah, and it's on rye. a lot That's of conflicting sounding flavors in there, but it's really good. They conflict in a very pleasing way. They do. It's... It is remarkable. It, people just have to trust that it's delicious. You it, Once you try it, most people are converted. There are some people that we've given this to who've said, I don't think this is for me. There's too much happening here. Mm -hmm. Like you need, to, you need to be a little prepared for your mind to be blown. And if you're not in that headspace, like you're, you're not ready for your mind to be blown that day, it's not going to happen for you. <laughs> it, or it will, but it'll just be overwhelming to your senses. You but, need to be a little adventurous. It's not a typical yeah. North American thing. Oh, definitely not. Thing. But it's it's something that I think should be a North American thing, typically. it's It changed my world enough that I bring it up in conversations at parties now. When people are like, oh, so you're a cheesemonger. Like, you know about cheese? I'm like, <laughs> let me tell you about this sandwich that has pickles and cheese, but the cheese is candy. It's like sweet cheese. <laughs> And, and think you no sound one crazy. believes me. Yeah. I do sound crazy. No one believes me that a cheese that's like goat, caramelized goat and cow whey. So like just, I mean, that's like, I think people hear that and they think, okay, so like the whey is a liquid and they reduce it. And it's like, 
like a balsamic reduction sauce somehow that gets reduced till it's solid or something like that. Like right. they're trying to picture it at home, which it basically is. But I mean, when I say it's like caramel, it's it's got the texture of caramel. If you like take a piece between your fingers and you warm it up, you can like stretch it out like caramel kind of. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's got it's that fudgy. dense, sugary, fudgy it's, cheese. But it's cheese. But it's cheese. But it's cheese. Cheese is a wide and wonderful world. And this sandwich it is. is evidence of that. You should try this this sandwich, if you're adventurous. We talked it. in our last episode about how there are no rules, or there should be no rules when it comes to cheese. And I feel like this sandwich is a perfect example of that. Presumably, this is commonplace in Scandinavia. Yeah. Or you could replace the, the little cornichon pickles with some caramelized onions. That sounds delicious. Instead? I've not tried that. There were a bunch of different combinations um, gosh, you could use strawberries in there if you wanted. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Go crazy. Now we're talking. Yeah. I do love, I, I typically use it as just a, a dessert sort of a thing. But yeah, there's, there's a million ways to use yay toast. And if, if anybody's out there, I, I'm making a lot of appeals to the audience this episode. <laughs> Please, if anyone out there has an amazing yay toast recipe. Or way to use yay toast. Send it to me. Let us know. Let us know. Because we'll share it with me. more people and spread the the cheese word. Spread the cheese word. Yes. We so, got any other cheese words? Uh, Just spread. Dry. No, no. We're going to talk about some dry, hard aged cheeses. And we talked in the previous episode about some cheeses that are best bought in an apocalypse. Uh, to store in your fridge, and we mentioned some hard, salty, dry aged cheeses. Yes. Like uh, Parmesan, Reggiano, Pecorino Romano, which I will talk more about. Um, those salty, hard, dry cheeses store best because they have a much less moisture, and the salt helps with that. But um, yeah, less moisture. The more moist and fresh a cheese is, the shorter its shelf life is going to be, generally. Yeah. And the drier it cheeses, the longer it's going to last. And, and if you think of some of the recipes and how old some of these cheeses are in their history, it makes sense because they didn't have refrigeration. So, of course, if you have a whole bunch of milk and you want to preserve it, one of the ways to preserve your cheese is to salt it a lot and make it dry, and, and then it lasts a good, good long time. And Pecorino Romano is really pretty ancient and uh, like 2000 years ancient 2000 years yeah so like what that is that the bronze age (laughs) the Uh, classical era yeah the the ancient romans ancient romans pecorino romano and uh it was prized in banquets in the imperial palaces and the, it, this just goes to show you, humans have had good taste in cheese for a long time. Because Pecorino Romano, I will point out, is still prized in many banquets. Oh, yeah. Probably imperial banquets, if they still have those. Well, we don't call them banquets anymore, but... No, or empires. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, long-term storage capacity. When I pull out a 60-pound wheel of Pecorino Romano that we get that we're going to chop up, I let it sit on the counter for two days unrefrigerated oh my god 
because it needs to get warm and and it needs to warm up enough so I can even cut it. Yeah, because when it's cold, it's just too yeah. hard. But it's so salty; it's not gonna, it's not gonna go bad. It's fine. It's, it's meant, salty enough. It's that meant for that. Most cheeses, I can just take a bite of the cheese just straight. I do not do that with Pecorino Romano. I don't want a mouthful of Pecorino Romano. Not it a is mouthful. Too little salty. nibble. Oh, little, little nibble's nibble, great, especially with some like oh, che- little salty nibble. Like, yeah, like a fig and apple mustard. Oh my gosh, yes. A little dollop of that. Oh. You keep saying these combinations that I've never tried in my life, but you say them and I'm like, I, I, I know instinctively that that's delicious. Oh, yes. 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 And the, uh, what, the Cinefulvi Pecorino Romano that we have is really intense. That's one, that one's a little, a little harder to just take nibbles of. Yeah. It's, that one is intense. I've tasted that one. Yeah. I, I don't sell that one here in Eureka. You you ha- you've got it in Arcata in the cheese case. This is another difference between the cheese departments. So, you know the, the the cheese selection isn't exactly the same between the two stores. That one I've been seriously thinking about. It's really acidic to me. Like on the palate, it's salty and it's sharper, mm-hmm. quite a bit sharper. And that it feels like if i'm if i'm going to shop for pecorino for a recipe the difference between your cine fulvi pecorino and just straight pecorino romano is huge that'll it'll really come out in the in the end dish mhm oh yeah yeah the the cine fulvi has definitely got more punch i like to grate it on top of pasta sometimes i put it on pizza that sounds good i have grated it on top of scrambled eggs but i like pecorino to grate romano it pecorino romano on scrambled eggs yeah highly underrated yeah. Totally delicious. I like to put it on pasta and grate it until it's all you see is the snowy mound of grated cheese. <laughs> you don't even see the <laughs> pasta anymore. <laughs> and then I might eat the top layer and decide I want more cheese again. And I might grate more cheese on <laughs> the I've, second half of the pasta. This is a safe space. I've been there. We've because all been there. it's so good. It you is could do so that, good. That new, well, it's not new, but that now popular cacio pepe oh yeah that's one of my very favorites pecorino romano on that pecorino instead of romano. just the regular parmesan yeah yeah what that entire recipe is just like pasta water or at least i think the way i'm making salty it salty pasta water black pepper salty and pasta water pasta and cheese yeah yeah you've got your noodles the water you cooked the pasta in mix that you use the hot water to melt your pecorino romano yeah. that you've grated yeah well we're talking about grating cheese Pecorino Romano is kind of a hard cheese. And I, I hear from a lot of our customers, oh, this is, I can't, I can't grate the Parmesan myself because it's such a hard cheese that I just, I can't do it. I don't have the wrist strength. You know, you got to be like a he-man to grate that cheese. So we sell, we do sell pre-grated Parmesan cheese. But let's oh. talk about uh, like hacks for, for grating those really hard cheeses. I have one in mind, but I'm curious. What's your what's your tip? I just muscle through. What's your hack? <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it to have it graded at home. My hack is having the right tool. If you've got your uh, your 30 year old cheese grater that you've had banging around in your utensil drawer and it's all dinged up and it's not sharp, you're gonna have a hard time. Mm. There yeah. is a cheese grater. I know you've got one in your kitchen. I don't know for sure, but I'm betting you do. A microplane. I have two, yeah. Right? <laughs> I've got two as well in different sizes. A microplane, for those of you that aren't in the know, they were invented for woodworking. 
and it literally is a microplane. It's got lots of little tiny sharp blades. You, they are sharp, and you can grate your knuckle off. Oh yeah, that can happen. But like, don't panic. I've never cut myself on one. They're not that dangerous. Although I probably wouldn't let a small child use one. No, they were invented for rasping wood. Honestly, yeah. they're great for zesting citrus too. They're amazing for zesting. Or grating citrus. up some ginger if you need to. With my microplane, I can grate right through the rinds on the hardest, driest piece of Reggiano Parmesan known to man. <laughs> and these little razor sharp blades, I say razor sharp, I feel like I, I'm putting people off it by making it sound too dangerous. It is a handheld <laughs> tool. That your fingers are zipping back and forth across. But uh, grating nutmeg, zesting f- any citrus, zesting anything really. Yeah. Yeah. And the hardest cheeses known to man, the oldest 2,000-year-old Pecorino Romano that's basically just a solid rock now. Wow. Not 2,000 years the old. Cheese. But, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. cheese piece you have is not 2,000 years old, but the recipe no. in the history of Pecorino. Fair enough. Sheep, I, I wanted to overblow It's a sheep milk cheese. That. It's delicious. I love it. I've got, I always have a block of it in my fridge. Sheep's milk cheeses. I'm glad you brought that up because... I always tell sheep's milk cheeses are my favorite cheeses, and I've tracked it down. The flavor, sheep's milk tastes different than cow's milk. I think it tastes like when I'm eating a lamb chop now, I taste, oh, there's that little flavor in there. It's not exactly the same as sheep's milk cheese, but there's something that's the same. There's like a base note to the flavor. We'll we'll be uncouth and call it barnyard. Barnyard. The barnyardy flavor. Yeah. Some might say gamey or i don't know i yeah, like those people flavors say gamey. i like them too but i also grew up drinking goat's milk because we had goats yeah and and we had sheep too but we didn't milk them that was my sister's doing 4-h uh, but but sheep's milk and goat's milk they're different they're like yeah. similar looking animals totally different flavors in the milk and the, the finished cheese mm-hmm. if you've never had it if you don't like goat's milk cheese and you haven't tried sheep's milk it's probably worth a try. Give it a try. Yeah. yeah. Especially because Pecorino Romano is a great deal. Like the Pecorino we, Romano oh, yeah. we've got. That's a lot of flavor for it's that. It's a huge amount of flavor. I don't know. $6 chunk of cheese. Yeah. You a, can buy a bigger one if you become addicted like it, me. You will become addicted. You will probably be asking for bigger ones. But I think all the, the wedges I've got in my case right now are like 3 to $5 pieces. And there's a bunch of meals packed into that little piece of cheese. Yeah. Including going back for seconds and grating it until all you see is white on top of your pasta. <laughs> Just a layer of downy oh. cheese melting. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> you could grate it on your popcorn. You oh, could make that, that part good. of your popcorn mix. I like just, a, again, super lacy. I, I got to like cook breakfast real quick so I can run out the door. Piece of toast. Fried egg over easy, and I just cover it in Pecorino Romano yeah. off the microplane. That's the other thing about the microplane. It melts really fast because it's a smaller oh, it's piece. so thin, little yeah. thin cross-section. I think uh, perhaps our next episode we might talk about the benefits of grating your own cheese. And uh, we have some grated pre-shredded cheeses available at the co-op, but we... You know, it's very convenient. I know. That's huge. But yeah. we will uh, we'll talk 
next. Grading your about own. There's a lot grading there. Grading your yeah. own and the benefits. And I'd like that. The shortfalls of buying pre-shredded and pre-graded. Yeah, there's, there's pros and cons. All right. I think that concludes today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this. If you're interested in uh, any of the cheeses featured in the show, come and visit our cheese department at either of our two stores located at 811 I Street in Arcata and 25 4th Street, Eureka. Also, please follow the North Coast Co-op on Facebook and Instagram. We're all over social media. Or uh, come visit us at northcoast.coop. That's C-O-O-P. Uh, also, if you want more cheese content and you'd like to subscribe to our cheese email list, please visit northcoast.coop. That's C-O-O-P. Uh, slash cheese.php. Thanks. Thanks. Eat some cheese.